0: Amen. Take your Bibles with me as they continue to play, and we're going to read our text this morning in Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. The word of the Lord speaks to us. When Peter and John had been released, they had, again, just gone through this trial and circumstance in their life. They had just gone through a deep challenge, and they had see- the Lord had seen them through. They had been released from prison, had been released from their interrogation. The scripture says, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. By the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David, your servant said, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence, while you extend your hand to heal And signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word that speaks to us that although we may go through the trial of life, although we may find ourselves having to give an account, Although we may find ourselves unjustly accused and unjustly Put in a prison, oh God, that when we are released, we can find people who are praising you. We can exalt you through your word. We can know that your promises are yes and amen, oh Lord. We can trust in your holy promises, God, and as we have done all that we can do, as we have prayed, as we have sought you, O oh Lord, we realize, oh God, that in that moment you will shake the place, you will shake the foundations, and you will fill with the Holy Spirit and that's what we pray for today, O oh God, a precious filling of your Holy Spirit anew. God, that you will shake us, that you will shake off our worldliness, that you will shake off our pridefulness, O oh God, and that you would refresh us and fill us once again, that we would speak your word with boldness. We trust you, God, for your mercy today. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to come before you, to thank you for your presence, to thank you for your redemption, to thank you for the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ who died for our sins. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen and amen. You may be seated. We are going to... Go into the Word, and we'll have an opportunity to give unto the Lord uh, after the message this morning. But I'd like us to go directly into uh, the Word of the Lord today as we uh, desire to hear from the Lord. Preaching is a curious thing. The Bible, in some instances, calls it foolishness. And what preaching essentially is, is declaring to you the Word of the Lord. What God has ordained uh, by his grace is people who he has called himself to preach and to share with us the word of the Lord. And so in preaching uh, at Riverstone, what our commitment is to do is to have people who are called by the Lord uh, preach from the pulpit the word of the Lord uh, to you. And what we believe is that the scriptures are authoritative. That means that they are true and they speak to us with authority. They are the truth. Amen. We also believe that the scriptures are inspired by God, that God has given them to us and that we trust them to be his record. And at times the word may come into conflict with the way in which the world desires for us to live or to act or to be, and our allegiance must always be to the Word of God. No matter what that means, no matter what difficulty we find ourselves in, our allegiance must always be to the Word of the Lord. And I believe we see that in this passage of Scripture this morning. As I mentioned last week, if you are just joining us, what you'll want to do uh, this afternoon is go back and begin reading in Acts chapter three to get the full picture of the story of where we are here at the end of Acts chapter uh, four. You'll want to kind of take that journey along with us. In essence, what has happened, Peter and John, who are disciples of uh, Jesus. They were walking along in order to go to prayer at the temple. And as they were walking along, there was a man who was begging uh, for alms, begging for an offering. And they didn't have any money. They had nothing to give him. They said, We don't have silver and gold, but what we do have, we want to give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And so they grabbed him by the hand and pulled him to his feet, and the sky began to walk and to leap and to praise the Lord, and he was able to enter into the temple uh, complex, which for someone who was lame, someone who had a deformity, they weren't able to go all the way in uh, to the temple. And so this guy, he was able to enter for the first time uh, into the temple and to rejoice and to praise the Lord, but that made some of the religious leaders very upset with Peter and John because they wanted power for themselves. They wanted people to look to them and to look to their authority and not to look to Jesus. And so they took Peter and John and they put them in uh, prison overnight and they pulled them out and they began uh, to question them. And Peter and John were bold in their defense and they said that we can't stop preaching and teaching about what we have seen and heard. We can't stop talking about what Jesus has done for us. And so the fact that there was this guy who was healed, and the people saw it and knew that he had been healed, they let, this time, they let Peter and John go. And that's where we pick it up at our text at verse 23. They were released, and as they were released, they went to their companions, to other believers that they were having fellowship with. And as we look at this passage, uh, there are several things that I think we could apply to our life and think about uh, that I believe the Lord would have us to uh, take away. And one of the first things as I read through this passage, what we begin to see is that as we go through trials of life, that those trials of life for a believer are used to help us trust in the Lord. The trials of life that you and I go through as believers in Jesus are used to help us better trust in the Lord. Again, as soon as Peter and John were released, they found their own companions, the Scripture says, and they reported to these other believers all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And the Bible says that they all lifted their voices to God with one accord. I think it's important to really press into this first portion of uh, the Scripture. that when Peter and John went through a difficult season of their life, when they went through a rough patch, their first thing was to turn to those whom they trusted. There were other believers that they trusted, and they went directly to them after they were released. They were not ashamed of their arrest. They were not ashamed of their imprisonment. They were not ashamed of the reproach uh, of the gospel in the eyes of worldly men. But Peter and John were willing to share their pain, their difficulty, what they had been through with other people. You and I... In our life with the Lord Jesus Christ, each of us, there are going to be times where we go through difficult circumstances. There's going to be times where you walk through what David said in Psalm 23, the valley of the shadow of death. You're going to walk through a difficult spot in your life, and what you don't want to do is walk that spot alone. This is part of the reason why the Lord has given us the church. The people around you in this fellowship is that as you walk through those difficult seasons, as you walk through those difficult times, it is not the time in life where you start backing up from the people in this room. It is a time in life where you start walking towards the people in this room. But what the enemy wants to tell you is that when they find out when they come to understand what you are struggling with, when they come to understand what the difficulty that you're going through is, they're going to talk about it. They're going to think differently of you. They're going to think that you're not the person who you say you are. But Scripture paints a picture to us where there is a need for us to share our testimony. There is a need for us to participate and ask participation of others in our life, for us to participate in others' lives, and for them to participate in our lives. I've seen the tactic of the enemy at times, and it is to wall people off into their own world and to keep them from other people who can speak into their lives to keep them away from other people who can help them along their journey. But there's a need for you and I to be able to be open at times with people who we trust in the body of Christ. What we see in the book of Acts is the growing care and concern for believers who are inside the church. As you read through the book of Acts, yes, it's the gospel going forward outside the walls of the church. It's the gospel going to places that it hadn't been before. It's the gospel encountering people who haven't heard it before, but it's also the establishment of churches that believers can gather together in order to worship the Lord, but also in order to encourage one another, to trust one another, to do life with one another around the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. True whole body ministry requires us to participate in the needs of others based on trust. This is why Riverstone Church must be a place where there is no whispering, no gossip, no wrong thinking, and no Pharisees within this church. Jesus was quick to call out the Pharisees. He was quick. To call out those who looked down their long noses at other people who thought they were better than someone else. Jesus was quick when he gave the illustration of the Pharisee who knelt before the Lord and talked about all his righteousness and the other guy on the other side who beats his breast and talks about what a sinner he is. And Jesus says, which one do you think went back justified? And it was the man who was honest and true before the Lord who said, forgive me for I have done wrong. Right, that's right. If we want to be a place where we desire to see the move of God, we have to be a people that God can use in order to move in the church. And that requires you and I to be a people that when we hear something, we don't go around and repeat it to make ourselves feel better. Because that is the essence of gossip. The essence of gossip is taking a piece of information that you hear about someone else and rattling it off to someone else in order to say, I'm not like that. I've heard people say before, I've done wrong, but I've not done that wrong. And Jesus says, if you stumble in one offense, you stumbled in the whole thing. What we have to realize, if we are a church that desires for people to come in this facility and people to sit in these seats, what we want to see is a people who will desire wholeness before the Lord. And sometimes to get to the place from brokenness to wholeness requires a whole lot of work and walking with people who are very fragile. And when people come in, they see a whispering group of people It breaks trust and they'll go. And sometimes they get worse off than what they've ever been before. I've seen it. So we're going to be a church that when we hear something, you know what we will do? You know what will be required of us when we hear something? We are going to pray. We're going to take it to the Lord. My wife's uh, grandmother was uh, a, she, she, uh, this, I'll tell you her, part of her story, how she explained it. She would serve in churches. This is her, her words. She said, I would go to churches and I would serve where no man would want to go. And when God would raise up a man, they would go to another church. So her and her husband and their three children had a little band, playing the banjo, the guitar, the tambourine, and the piano and they served churches in Illinois and in Arkansas and Florida and some other places, little tiny churches that no one else wanted to go. And when she retired in her older years, she lived in Cleveland, Tennessee, And for about 30, I think it was 30 years, she helped to serve as a coordinator of what was called the helpline ministry. At that time, it was a phone call ministry. It was plastered on some billboards. And if you called that number and you needed counseling in the middle of the night, a lot of times it would ring into uh, Sister Lambert's house. And her first response every time you called her, every time she picked up the phone, no matter who it was, no matter what time of day at night was what, Nicole? Nicole? Hello, Jesus loves you. Hello, Jesus loves you. And she was a pillar of faith in her church because she would pray. She would seek the Lord. And there were some times when some people would come by Sister Lambert's house. And there was a preacher in the pulpit, maybe, or someone at the church that they didn't think was doing what they were supposed to be doing. They didn't think that they were doing how or acting how they were supposed to be acting, and they would come to Sister Lambert's house and they would begin uh, to talk. And you know what Sister Lambert would say? She said, you know, they have their good points too let's pray. And Sister Lambert right then would kneel down and right in front of the person who's wanting to gossip, right in the person who's wanting to tell stories and be a talebearer. she would begin to pray and she'd begin to seek the Lord and she'd begin to ask God's blessing upon the preacher or God's blessing upon the other person for God to help and God to move. That's what we must do. We must be a people that when we hear things, when we perceive things. We must take it to the Lord in prayer. We don't have to repeat it. We have to recognize that God is gracious enough to move in people's lives. And God cares more about his people and more about his church than you or I do. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's right. And as we do that, become a people of prayer. Become a people that seeks the Lord. Become a people that won't hear gossip, that won't hear tales. Then people will begin to open up with us. People who have burdens, people who have challenges will be able to come and say, help me because I know this is a place I can trust. Help me because you're someone that I can tell something to and you're not going to go around and tell it to other people. You're not going to go around and at some point use it against me. This is the pattern of the New Testament. when Peter and John were persecuted for their faith in Jesus, they sought to be with other believers. And what is also interesting about this story is that they did not cry out against Jesus because of their persecution. They sought to draw closer to Jesus through prayer. They gathered with other people, and they knew what had happened to Jesus, that he had been crucified. And they knew that what had happened to Peter and John, this is what the scripture says. In verse, let's back up to verse 27. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to do whatever your hand, listen, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. These things happen because God's hand and God's purpose predestined it to happen. When the believers believed, felt, knew they had been unjustly treated. They did not seek to fight back. They did not seek to gather up a militia and go and try to fight those who had done them wrong. They did not talk ill of those who had done them wrong. They took it to prayer. They took it to prayer, and they trusted for God to work out the circumstances. Right, that's right. Amen. Because trials will bring you to prayer. Come on. Trials in your life will bring you to a place where you are willing to seek the Lord. Their prayer started with a recognition of God's mighty power. They did not pray for deliverance from their circumstances, but they prayed for empowerment to speak boldly in the name of Jesus. Grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They would do what they had been equipped to do, which was to pray, And God would do what his sovereignty determined, healings, signs, and wonders. You and I, during our trials, it's okay for us to ask for deliverance. But our greatest desire must be for God's word to go forth and his power to be manifested through us to his glory. Remember in your trial. In your particular circumstance, the thing that you are focused on right now, your prayer can be, yes, God, deliver me. But the bulk of your prayer ought to be, God, use this for your glory. There is a reason that Jesus said that the house of the Lord should be a house of prayer. Because when you and I bow our knee before the Lord and pray and truly pray, we realize God's power to change our circumstances and not simply to change our circumstances, but to change our perception of our circumstances. Yes, I believe God sovereignly works and orchestrates things in our life. But I also believe that you and I sometimes approach our circumstances with what someone called stinking thinking. Right? Lord. When we pray, we are humbled before the Lord. When we pray... It is an admission that we can't, but God can. When we pray, we realize that he is greater and we are lesser. And when we pray, we trust in his sovereignty to work in and through our circumstances. When I found myself in a difficult spot, the Lord directed me to Psalm 34. And you and I, as a congregation, at times will find ourselves both as a church and as individuals in this church in a difficult spot. Maybe some of you this morning Maybe that is where you are. Who here, maybe you need healing yourself or someone you know needs healing from the Lord. Lift your hand this morning. Maybe some of you here this morning, maybe you find yourself in a challenging spot and you're not quite sure how you're going to get through it. Lift your hand. Maybe you have your anxious thoughts and you're asking God to quiet your heart this morning. Is that you? We're going to pray Psalm 34 this morning. You know, there's times that I've heard people come and they say, Brother Robert, I, I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. I can't even feel like I can pray. The encouragement is that God has given us prayers within his word. And when we pray, we can use his word to guide us in our prayers. Those of you who lifted your hand this morning on your phone or in your Bible, turn to Psalm 34 with me. We're going to, in unity, we're going to pray together. And we're going to ask the Lord to move among us. If you didn't raise your hand to any of that, that's your responsibility to pray for someone else who did. This is what the body of Christ is about. And we're going to pray through these things. Uh, 22 verses of Psalm 34 together. When you don't know where to go, when you don't know how to pray, this is how you're to pray. To go to His Word and pray God's Word and His promises back to Him. Psalm 34 begins, and we're going to do this together. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Lord Jesus, Your praise is on my mouth this morning. God, I will lift up Your name, and I will exalt You. Lord, no matter my circumstance, I will bless your name. My soul will make its boast in you, O Lord. I will not boast in my strength. I will not boast in my own ability, but I will boast in you. Lord, Humble my heart that I will hear of you, hear of your word, hear of your grace, and rejoice. Those of you who are here this morning, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Lord, we lift up our hands to you and we exalt your name together. Lord, I know there have been times in the past where I have sought you, and what did you do, Lord? God, what have you done in my past when I have prayed? You have answered me. You have heard my prayer, oh Lord. I have looked to you and I have seen your beauty. Lord, I know that as I cry out to you, my face will not... Be ashamed. I know, Lord, that in my poverty that you have heard me, and you will save me out of all of my troubles. Lord, I know that your angels are encamped about me, around all of those who fear you, and God, you will rescue each and every one who trusts in you. Hear me this morning, brothers and sisters. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If you take refuge in him, you will be blessed. God, help us to take refuge in you. God, in the midst of my anxiety, in the midst of my need, oh God, I pray this morning that you will help me to take refuge in you. Those of you who are here who are as saints, Fear the Lord this morning Amen. for those who fear him there is no want there is no want among those who fear him yes the young lions may lack and suffer hunger but those who seek the Lord shall not be in any want of any good thing God we are seeking you today this is what you we are doing and your word promises us that as we seek you we will not want for any good thing Teach us, Lord, to long for good things. Not things that we simply want, but the good things that you desire to give. Come, you children, and listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord, who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good This is what the one who seeks wisdom must do. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. God, help me as your child to keep my tongue from evil, to keep my mouth shut. Lord, to not let evil words, to not let condemning words, to not let words of cursing fall from my mouth. God, help me to depart from evil and to do good, to seek peace and to pursue it. I know, Lord, that your eyes are toward those who are righteous. And I know, God, that I am clothed in your righteousness. Not in my righteousness. In your righteousness. The enemies made you feel dirty this morning. The enemies made you feel condemned. The enemies made you feel guilty this morning. Jesus says to you, put on my righteousness. Put on my robes of white. Exchange the dirty garments for the robes of white this morning. Jesus will do it in your life. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And Lord, as I put on your righteousness, your, your eyes are toward me and your ears are open to my cry. But I know, God, that your face is against evildoers. And, Lord, those who are doing evil to me, those who have sought after me, you will cut off their memory from the earth. But when I cry, Lord, you will hear me because I am clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, and you will deliver me not out of some of my troubles, not out of a few of my troubles, not out of one or two of my troubles, but all of my troubles. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you. Lord, when I am brokenhearted like the sinner who prayed next to the Pharisee, Lord, I know you are near to me, and I know, God, that when I have weeped even over my own sinfulness, when I have weeped over even my own wrong decisions, and I have cried out to you, Lord, that you are gracious to come in and to save those who are crushed in spirit. Yes, Lord, I know that in this life I may endure many afflictions, but Jesus, you again deliver me out of them all. Lord, I believe this promise spoken of the Lord Jesus Christ prophetically that you will keep all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. The enemy may strive, but he will not break my spirit, That's O Lord. Right. That's right. Evil will come upon and slay the wicked. Yes. And those who hate the righteous will be condemned. But the Lord will redeem my soul. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord will redeem me. And none of those not me, not anyone else, oh Lord. None of those who take refuge in you, and I'm taking refuge in you right now, oh Lord. I will not be condemned. When you don't know what to pray, pray the word. Pray his promises pray them back to him. Seek after him through his word. Go to his word. Let his word speak to you and then begin to pray it back in the moment of difficulty, the moment of challenge in your life. Go to the word of the Lord. This is the reason why I started out this message to tell you that I believe that this is the authoritative, inspired word of God, that God speaks to us through it and we can go to it and we can trust him through it. When we pray, through psalm 34 and we ask the lord to deliver us and we ask the lord to comfort us it is his promises that he has made god did not have to make these promises but he made them to us that we would be comforted in our time of difficulty as a church we are going to seek the lord we are going to long after him because as we seek the lord as we go through the trials of life. And as the trials push us to prayer, we know also that trials bring action. Trials bring action. Trials motivate us to move for God's glory. When you have walked through the valley and you are gathered with your prayer warriors and you have prayed together and you have sought the Lord. God is going to use your persecution, your trial, your challenge to push you out for his glory and to motivate you to action. The apostles and the companions who were praying, they were not praying, Oh, God, shield me from my persecutors. God, hide me away from them. No, they were praying, God, motivate me to boldness. God, give me what we said in front of them, the desire that we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. I cannot stop talking about what Jesus has done for me. I cannot stop telling you about God's deliverance about where I was in my thought life, where I was in my actions, and what God has done for me. Amen. Prophetically, I believe that in your moment of greatest trial, when you feel like you're like Jonah sinking to the bottom of the ocean with the seaweed wrapped around your head, it is the moment that you need in your mind to gird yourself up because God is going to thrust you into action for His glory. Right. Amen. Gird yourself up, because the day of action is not far behind. When they had committed themselves to prayer, when they had sought the Lord, where they were was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and God answered their prayer to speak with boldness. God answered their prayer. Does this still happen today? Yes, I believe it does.